welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And on today's episode, since it's World Cup season, Woo-hoo. we are doing a MCU World Cup to determine which movie is the best movie in the MCU. It actually works out perfectly that there's been 32 MCU movies. And so it, it works out perfectly, just like the World Cup 30, with 32, 32 teams. teams. Yeah. yeah, we actually went to the Women's World Cup this year. It was in Australia. Yes, we did. That's why we were off a couple of weeks ago now. We flew to Australia on an extremely long flight, and we saw some <laughs> of the games. 17 hours. Um, I got to say, between you know going to the Women's World Cup, researching this episode, and watching Welcome to Wrexham, I've learned more about soccer in probably the past 12 months than I have in my entire life, even watching you play soccer <laughs> so rude. growing up. Because I didn't know, I mean, welcome to Wrexham. I learned about the you know English Premier League, all that sort of stuff, how that yeah, you works. You tell me stuff about that because I never really followed it. And it's also hard as an American somewhat to follow that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I guess football, I'm calling it the wrong thing. So maybe I should start there. Yeah. I learned that it's not called soccer. I never knew that. Um, but then with the World Cup, it's it's insane how they do like the pools and the brackets and everything. So I I researched it to try to keep it as authentic as possible um, for our MCU one. But the uh, yesterday was the finale of the world cup. We are recording this before the finale. So we'll just have to insert uh, who won the game. So congratulations to Spain. Uh, You did great. It was a really great job passing the ball. Uh, you, you, You got it in the back of the net. You weren't off sides, I guess. I don't know. Great job. Go team. Yeah. Go team. So uh, so good job with that. But before we get into the main topic, I want to cover the Disney news of the week. And I'm going to start with an air from last week's news. I talked about the springtime surprise race. And then I said signups were last Tuesday. That was wrong. Um, you reminded me you got up Tuesday. You're like, did you sign up? And I was like, oh, no, that, that's wrong. I said it wrong. I think it was because it was if you were like a gold member, yeah. you could have signed up. If so you, you weren't fully wrong, but it wasn't like the general sign up. Yeah, I was half wrong. So it is this Tuesday. So if you're interested in this springtime surprise, it is tomorrow. Um, so I just wanted to, to clarify that. But uh, moving on to the actual news. So we got some news about Tiana's Palace, which is the new restaurant opening up in Disneyland. It's going to be opening September 7th, um, which is pretty soon. I'm surprised that that uh, got turned around this quickly um, because the, the restaurant that was there closed earlier this year. So that will be opening pretty soon here if anybody's heading to Disneyland and is interested there. Disney also announced that the new Moana Journey of Water attraction over at Epcot is going to have a dry path that's not going to have any water on it so that you don't get wet which i don't know maybe it was just a bad assumption on my part but i didn't realize that you're gonna have to worry about getting wet on this walkthrough mm-hmm. i mean i know water's involved but like i didn't think it would be you know something where it's like well we have to have a completely dry path um so people don't get wet so i have no clue what is going to be going on that you're going to get that wet on this thing just walking around epcot yeah i mean i would have assumed you got wet on this but i maybe i my my assumption of you getting wet though would be like misting potentially yeah i kind of thought this was going to be like the jumping fountains that are kind of over by like the imagination pavilion that it would be things like that not not like you're going to walk through a waterfall which i don't know if you're going to do that but i kind of assumed that there would be things off to the side that if you chose to want to get wet that you could go get wet like little fountains or things like that they have in parks where kids could like stomp on water that rises and stuff and maybe that's what they mean by having a dry path like maybe it's not two separate paths maybe we're thinking about this wrong maybe it is like that where there's one path but then there are 
alcoves that you can go into that yeah. you really get wet on. So really interested now to see when this thing opens um, what it actually is because I was kind of surprised by that announcement. Um, and then the last thing I want to mention is that Disney announced there are going to be new Mickey Mouse Clubhouse cartoons coming in 2025, but they're going to be adding Duffy. So Duffy is going to be joining the clubhouse. So maybe this is it when it sticks and the Duffy invasion of America happens <laughs> and we finally you know, go full Duffy and we get all the Duffy characters, all the Duffy merch in the U.S. parks because we, we've talked about this that I mean, Duffy and all his friends are awesome. And, you know, over in uh, Japan, they're everywhere. And it's cute merchandise. And we can't, we have no idea why it didn't stick in America. Um, so maybe now with, with Duffy joining the clubhouse, we'll finally get uh, Duffy over here in the U.S. parks. Yeah. I, I mean, okay. So the, the clubhouse, correct me if I'm wrong, is the, the show that is designed for like little kids. Yeah, it's, yeah younger kids. Because yeah. it really confuses me. I, I don't know. Maybe it there's a huge following for it, but it confuses me that they're doing this instead of like, they canceled that other show, which is like the new cartoons, Mickey mouse cartoons. Yeah. The new Mickey mouse cartoons ended with steamboat silly. And it seems like they're now switching to making the Mickey mouse clubhouse. I don't know. Maybe they can only make one of these at a time. It seems like, like they got to stop one to make the other. So, cause I feel like they went so hard into that new animation style that they did with those cartoons. And then, um, the thing about those is I feel like they're, they're multi-generational. Like I can watch that and enjoy it and I could show it to my students and they can enjoy it. So it seems to me like a miss and, but I've never watched Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Maybe it is also just as enjoyable, but I doubt that. I've seen some of them because on the Magical Express, when it was still around, we miss you, Magical Express. RIP. Um, they showed some of these on there. The one I remember is when like the dust bunnies take over the house and Pluto and Mickey are <laughs> fighting dust bunnies and they turn into a giant dust bunny because um, they're, they're getting like they have to clean well, up. That sounds funny. They have to clean up before Minnie comes around. Yeah. I mean, it was cute, but it's definitely geared towards younger children. Um, and, and it's a it's but a that sounds like a way to motivate me to maybe clean. Maybe. And it's a more traditional Although animation of Mickey. As well, so maybe I would actually. That would be cool. Like, what if you decided not to clean and then just bunnies showed up at your house? It sounds cool, but then in the cartoon, it turned out not to be that fun. (laughs) So, um, but but also it's like I was saying, it's the more traditional kind of style of Mickey. So to your point, it's it's going away from the new Mickey cartoons, going back to the style. But anyway, we're gonna get Duffy. So hopefully, we get uh, some Duffy mania coming on here. So, all right. So let's jump into our main topic today. The MCU World Cup. And just to explain to anybody who's maybe not familiar with how the World Cup works, because I was not, not that I knew football slash soccer, but I feel like a lot of people don't understand how this works because it's pretty complicated. How it works is there's there's 32 teams. So we have 32 MCU movies. It just happened to work out perfectly here. Um, and how it works is they are placed into four pots, uh, eight teams each, and how FIFA does it is they do it by like world rankings. I thought that they use the world rankings, but then they also like draw countries out of a hat. Oh, they as do. Well. We're getting there. We're getting there. Are levels to this? It is. It is quite the process. So, so there are four pots uh, of eight teams based on the world rankings. Again, we're using domestic box office, not international box office. Domestic box office as the rankings. From there is when they randomly select eight groups of four. So that's where they start picking. They pick one team from every pot randomly. 
So you have four pots. They go through and pick a group. They pick one team randomly from every pot. The idea being you now get a top-tier team, two middle-tier teams, and then a bottom-tier team for potential upset in each group. That's kind of how they balance the competition. I'm Um, just imagining, you know, like how for a while on the internet – there would be somebody staring off into space. They'd make it into like a little video and then they'd put all these equations behind them and like kind of come this forward. This is exactly like that. That is exactly what my brain it's like is in the doing hangover as you're talking about when this. Alan's playing um, Blackjack. I think that's sure. where that came from. We're in the hangover, Alan, Alan doing Blackjack. So yeah, so we go from four pots to eight groups and that's our pool play. And then two teams advance from that to our knockout stage. And that's where you get a traditional bracket of 16. Um, And then how it works is like the winner of group A plays the runner up of group B and vice versa. The winner of group B plays the runner up of group A. So A and B play each other, C and D, E and F and G and H. Uh, And then we kind of go from there. So a a couple things that I found interesting, just of note really quick before we get into uh, what the pots were in the groups. You know, a lot of people say, the MCU's falling off. And I, I've heard a lot of this of like, it's... Hi, I'm a lot of people. No, but but from like a box office perspective oh. too, of like the movies are underperforming and especially recent movies. And looking at it, there's been nine movies released since 2021. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Quantumania, Wakanda Forever, Love and Thunder, Multiverse of Madness, No Way Home, The Eternals, Shang-Chi and Black Widow. Five of those movies are in the top 15 in the domestic box office with three of them, that being uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and Wakanda Forever in the top 10. So of the nine most recent movies, five of them are in the top half of all MCU movies, and three of them are in the top 10. Now, uh, Guardians Volume 3 is number 14. So... I, I think it, the problem is just expectations have become too high. Like these movies, some of them are making eight, nine hundred million dollars, but then that's globally, obviously. But people are like, oh, they didn't make a billion. It's obviously a failure. So I think the moral of the story is make the movies about good characters. Because if you look at the top ones, Spider Man, everybody loves Spider Man, Doctor Strange, uh, Black Panther, Guardians, strong characters people know about, good stories. People will come. It's just, you know, you get the. Eternals in there. You get Quantum Mania, where they're not mm-hmm. good movies, and so I think that kind of drags everything else down. But it's not like they're like you know making a hundred million dollars. Some of these movies, like some of the DC movies over there, they're still doing well. I just think expectations are too high. Yeah, that's one of those. I mean, isn't that like there's like some graph? I don't know if this is the exponential exponential growth graph or something, but it shows when movies like you know, you can only grow so much for so long and then it eventually will plateau. And I feel like that's kind of just what they've hit now is that you can't continue to grow exponentially because that's absolutely, like, not realistic. Right. But if you told DC that all their movies are going to underperform and only make $300 million at the domestic box office and only $800, $900 million worldwide, I think they would be like, sign me up for that. I'll underperform all day. Because they're, you know, they're making, you know, I think the Flash, you know, Black Adam, I think did $300 million globally. I think the Flash did that amount, maybe even less. So Marvel's doing okay. I almost think you need 
more Marvel. I know this is going to sound crazy. I know you're like, no, there's too much. But I think what's happening is with Disney Plus, they're setting so many things up, but yet they're they're trying to keep a main storyline. And I think that's where it gets confusing. Like in some of the Disney Plus shows, they're clearly setting up like the Young Avengers with Kate Bishop. They have the Dark Avengers, which may kind of be the Thunderbolts now. But I almost think they need to go in the way of like comic books where you have kind of the main storyline in the comic books, but then you have all these offshoots. So if you're interested in the Young Avengers or you're interested in Marvel Zombies, you go read that comic book and maybe you don't follow along with the main storyline, but then you can target different audiences and have different budgets. I think that's the thing. Like not everything has to be a $200 million summer movie tentpole. I think if they kind of spin this out of, okay, these people are kind of interested in these movies. We know they're not going to do as well. So we'll make them for a lesser budget or it'll be Disney plus, but it's a way to kind of keep people, you just kind of stay interested in what you want to be interested in. Not everybody has to be interested in this one storyline. Interesting. I feel like that goes against what we've said about they are spending too much money in streaming. But I guess if you say that... Make it cheaper. Yeah, it's yeah. cheaper, then it doesn't matter. I don't know, though. Because a- for me, like, I really... I'm just getting to the point where I'm overwhelmed by the, the the amount of Marvel and I just need a break from it. And But I feel like I should be watching it all. Like, that's that it, was my issue with... Exactly. That was my issue, though, with, like, The Eternals, where I started watching it and didn't finish it. You didn't it. need to watch it. You're okay and, there. Trust and me. And then also with um what Nick Fury... I can't remember what it's called. Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion. I started watching it and I was just like, I'm not very interested in this right. plot line. And I don't want to sink, you know eight, nine hours or however long it's going to be into this to just know what's going on. Right. But it's there. They talked about it. Like their, their plan was to do a uh, animated spinoff of the what if of just zombies. I don't know if that's still happening or not, but kind of like that, where to your point, you feel overwhelmed by having to watch everything in the main storyline. But if they split something off and said, Hey, this has nothing to do with the main storyline. It's a different aesthetic. You could get, you know, a whole different tone and vibe to keep things fresh because it'll be interesting stories. You're not tied into this multiversal storyline. You know, again, you don't have to spend $100, $200 million on it, have a lower budget, but you understand because they're going for a different feel. You might be like, hey, I'm really interested in that. I'll watch that all day because it's yeah. it's brand new. It's starting from from scratch. I don't need to know anything about it. And, and you kind of get that, like, yeah, back when we're in Iron Man 1 and Thor, and it's like, hey, there's only a couple characters I need to know about, and everything's just kind of new and interesting because they're taking risks, where they're not really taking risks anymore. And I yeah. think that's where you know, it comes down to. I think that could freshen them up creatively and also you know, have some surprise hits on your hands. Spend $50 million making a, making a movie. Maybe it does really well, and boom, you got a great character now versus, all right, we got to Every movie, if it doesn't make a billion dollars, it's seen as a failure. Yeah, I, I guess that does make sense. It's good. Because at the end of the day, Marvel Studios only makes Marvel movies. That's kind of risky. Same way Lucasfilm only makes Star Wars movies. You know, Indiana Jones didn't do that well. The Willow streaming show um, didn't do well. Like it, It's risky when your studio only does one thing. You kind of got to diversify a little bit. But overall, I do think this whole thing of it's underperforming at the box office every single movie is a little bit overblown. We have three movies in the top 10 from you know the past couple years. All right. But getting into this here. So 
the pots. So pot A is Avengers Endgame, Spider-Man No Way Home, Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War, The Avengers, Avengers Age of Ultron, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, and then Captain Marvel, which is a surprise here because I think if you asked a lot of people about Captain Marvel, they wouldn't put it up very high. But it did $426 million domestically, $1.1 billion uh, total international box office. I think it was helped because it was sandwiched between Infinity War and Endgame, so a lot of people went to see it. Uh, but those are your top eight domestic box office earners. Uh, that's why you have all the Avengers in there. Interesting. A pot B is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Iron Man 3, Captain America Civil War, Spider-Man Far From Home, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and Volume 3, Thor Love and Thunder, and Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, pot C is the original Guardians of the Galaxy, Iron Man, Thor Ragnarok, Iron Man 2, Captain America the Winter Soldier, the original Doctor Strange, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, and Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, and then Part D, these are all the lowest earners, Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania. So it wasn't the worst one, uh, but then you get into Thor the Dark World, Black Widow, Thor, the original Ant-Man, Captain America, the first Avenger, the Eternals, and the Incredible Hulk. All right, so from those, we ended up with eight groups. So I did a random number generator to pick all of these. So we, we got some interesting groups here because there's, there's some where you have multiple movies from the same um, oh, like it, trilogy yeah. in the group. So it's going to make for some interesting things. I didn't get that. You I have one where three of the four are in yeah. the same trilogy. I didn't get like, oh, or, I can't have the well, same Well, some of ones. them are trilogies. Some of them are quadrigies. Is, is yeah, quadrigy? what's the official term for a four-movie series? <laughs> We're going with quadrigy. Quadricep. <laughs> I don't think it's quadricep. I like quadrigy. That might be something else. <laughs> a four trilogy. Yeah. All right. So... So I didn't I didn't worry about okay if there's multiple movies because that would have gotten way too complicated. All right. So we'll start with group A and we'll, let's go through the group and then pick who the winner and losers. I think that's probably the easiest way to kind of keep it together. So group A is Spider-Man No Way Home, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Captain America the Winter Soldier and Ant-Man. So again, the way you kind of do this from picking from the four pots, you kind of get, you know, some ringers and then you get some people bringing up the rear here with with Ant Man <laughs> in terms of domestic box office. So I was gonna, I bet there's a lot of listeners that just really, really highly disagree with our our hate of. I don't want to say hate of Ant Man, but our no, Ant Man's good. Like the original Ant Man is the best Ant Man. Yeah, it's I funny. Agree. I like it's it. fresh. Um, I thought it's really good. It just it didn't do well at the box office, but it wasn't meant to. Again, that's going back to they made a movie. With a lower budget, knowing it wasn't going to have as wide an appeal, it doesn't fully connect to the MCU. Everybody doesn't have to go see it. But it was a really fun movie that I thought was really good. Now, Ant-Man and the Wasp, it kind of kept in that same vein. I didn't care about the story as much. But then Quantumania, they went huge budget, all visual effects, try to tie it in, try to take what I thought was a good story potentially in there, and then just boom hit it with Kang and said, nope, we got to tie this in. And that's why a lot of people didn't like it. But I did like the original Ant-Man. I don't think it's good enough to get out of the group, though. Uh, it, this is a pretty tough group. I mean, Spider-Man No Way Home is the clear 
winner. Yeah, in this I group. agree with that. I'm not necessarily keen on the second choice that we we ended up going with our our runner up being Captain America: The Winter Soldier. I do think that was the superior Captain America movie. I think it was an interesting movie because it was the introduction. I think of Bucky. I think that was when we first met Bucky. Correct. Well, that's what we see him as the Winter Soldier. I mean, right, he's in right. the first one, but as the Winter Soldier. I think the other thing is this is the introduction of the Russo brothers in the MCU, which they shaped the MCU very much um, after this right. movie. Like, personally, Guardians Volume 3 for me is a very close movie to that one. Um, oh, 100%. Just, yeah. just because, and it's not even that, I didn't love, love, love the movie itself, but the movie did something to me where it, it was memorable out of all of these movies. This one sticks out almost as much as like some of your heavy hitters, just because I think that the concept behind it was fresher, newer. Your villain was very hateable. Um, I did not like him at all. Um, it gave us rockets backstory. It was uncomfortable, but also had like almost a, so it had a social commentary to it about animal testing. Like it was a really solid movie so it is really hard for me to say that that one's the loser there. But again, I think... Oh, you've convinced me. Uh, <laughs> you, you've convinced me here. I'm going to... You know what? Let's say it's Guardians Volume 3. Because honestly, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Because <laughs> the loser here, so Guardians, the runner-up, Volume 3, is playing the winner of Group B. All right, let's talk let's about Let's get group into Group B. B. Because it's Avengers Infinity War, Doctor winner. Strange and the Multiverse <laughs> of Madness, Iron Man 2 and the first Captain America. Yeah, the so, only yeah. way Infinity War would lose potentially is if it was against Endgame. That's what I'm saying. It does not matter. You can pick Winter Soldier, you can pick Guardians, you can pick Ant-Man. None of them are beating Infinity War. So we'll go we'll go group A is Spider-Man No Way Home and then runner up Guardians Volume 3 cuz you convinced me there. Even though Winter Soldier like I said, it's a great movie, uh political thriller. Uh, great introduction of Bucky as the Winter Soldier. The Russo brothers came in with with their style and really shaped the MCU going forward. But Guardians, an incredible movie, Volume 3. Uh, and you have James Gunn, who did a great job with all the Guardians films. And again, neither of them are beating Infinity War, uh, so it doesn't really matter <laughs> at that point. All right, so yeah, so Avengers Infinity War, tough to you know beat. Um, that's clearly the winner here coming out of Group B. Uh, Iron Man 2 not very good of a movie so i think that one's a pretty clear one for not winning which kind of leaves you the original captain america which is early mcu when they're still kind of getting their footing and i i did that movie doesn't resonate with me i like captain well. america because of his later movies not because of the first one i think it's a good origin story for him but i do think the multiverse of madness is a better movie like i'd rather watch that one again um, because I think there's there's more to it, and I do think that is well done. I mean, No Way Home did the multiverse, I feel like, much better than Multiverse of Madness, but I think that was a good introduction to it, and I think that's setting things up as Doctor Strange playing a very key role in the multiversal saga. So I think as time goes on, that's definitely you know going to become more important. And again, I'd rather watch that than the first Captain America. I feel like he got so much better in the later movies and he, they really got in that he, character and the nuance better. He was very goody-goody yeah. and, and originally and I think he became a lot more nuanced as, as the movies went on because one of the most memorable moments and we'll get, I'll save this, but one of the most memorable moments in, I think, all of Marvel happens with Captain America. 
Are you talking about in Avengers Endgame? I am talking about Avengers Endgame. We're getting to Group C, which it has Avengers Endgame, Spider-Man Homecoming, the original Doctor Strange, and Thor the Dark World. Sorry, Thor the Dark World. You're not getting through (laughs) this group. Uh, Sorry. So Avengers Endgame, you mentioned you want to talk about that one? Yeah, so... Endgame has some of the most memorable moments. I mean, this is also, I think, my absolute best, not only Marvel movie viewing experience, but movie viewing experience period ever. Um, Because when we went, we went, I think it was Thursday night when the movie was released. The whole crowd was very into it. Everyone cheered when Cap was able to get Mjolnir. um, And that was the moment that is one of the most memorable moments. I'm talking about it. I'm getting chills. It, it is so great. And then also when all the portals open up. I was going to say, yeah, you have that. I mean, you have the portal scene. I mean, you just there's countless moments in that. And you're right. That, and, that was the last time, I feel like, because that, that came out in, I think, 2019. It was very close to COVID when nobody mm-hmm. goes to movies anymore. Um, that, that was an experience that will probably never happen again at a movie theater. Right. Um, something like that of just... A movie, one that that is the culmination of ten years of movies. But I think it, it about, paid uh, off so yeah, well. Yeah. It wasn't a matter of hey, we've set all this up and we didn't do such a great job of it. Kind of like you know, sometimes when you watch a series, a mo- or uh, that's been on TV for years and years and years, and everyone talks about how bad they hate the finale. Oh yeah, it just it kind was of ends, a limps to the finish. Really, yeah, this was a really strong finale, and a lot of characters. They got their payoff. They got their moment that you were hoping for. And so it was just so well done. And also, I mean, again, underestimate how great Thanos is as a villain because he, I mean, he was very much in the background and I believe it was what the, the Thor movies, like he was mentioned earlier he, on. In he the was Thor kind movies. of mentioned in the Avengers and Thor. Yeah. They, they kind of but, like sowed the seeds and then he really came out in infinity war and then came on. But I know we've talked about this before, but just the fact that, you know, you can clearly see how Thanos thinks he is the hero of the story. And I mean, he has a point. I don't agree, you know, ultimately with how he goes about it, but he is, in his own way, trying to save people. Thanos is a great villain. Loki's a great villain. Yep. They've kind of turned into a hero. Um, and then I would say the high evolutionary from volume three. Again, yes. you hate him, but you're supposed you to. You love hating He's him. He's a great villain. But yeah, I mean, Endgame, uh, yeah, you, you're never going to have an experience like that. And I think, you know, when they set up the next Avengers movie and it's it's tying up the multiversal saga, it's not going to be like this where people are like, oh my gosh, we got to see how this all ends. I, it's not going to hit the same way Endgame no. did. Um, so yeah, obviously Endgame is the winner from Group C. You know, I, I think Spider-Man Homecoming is better than Doctor Strange. So we have that one as the runner-up. Doctor Strange is the, the first so- Doctor Strange is my favorite Doctor Strange movie. I will say, I mean, it had a, it had a very similar, you know, it was a lot like Iron Man. Um, they were very similar kind of characters, but I do think ultimately all of the Spider-Man movies are really strong. Well, I was so. going to say out of the trilogy of Spider-Man movies, far from home is the weakest homecoming mm-hmm. was great. It was a great introduction of having Tom Holland as Spider-Man. I think he's the best of all the Spider-Men. 
And he so just, it, he has a it was levity. so much fun. Yeah, he has a certain great. levity to it. The movie was really fun. It gave us a completely different take on Spider-Man than what we'd ever seen before. Now it's kind of changed. I mean, he definitely is a lot more dark of a character, but it was just a great, fun movie to watch. So we have uh, Endgame uh, and Homecoming coming out of Group C. All right, moving on to Group D, Black Panther, Iron Man 3, Shang-Chi, and The Incredible Hulk. All right, so we have our first pick, our you know our winner of the group being Black Panther. I think it was a great introduction to T'Challa. I think that's an easy one. Yeah. yeah, it was a great introduction. I mean, to Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman. Again, it's really important to see minorities and people that look different in these heroic roles. I mean, you can't just always have a white male being the the hero because people need to see themselves and it was it's always you know for me always special to see a woman in in the the key role because for so long it was always a male so i can always also imagine just how important and i've heard how important this movie was for black people in general just to see a strong hero out there it, it like makes me kind of tear up so yeah this movie definitely comes out for me and i think you know that all of that goes to show why it did so well at the box office yes. too. it's actually the third movie domestically it actually did better than avengers infinity war at the box office which is interesting it's only behind yeah. endgame and spider-man no way home but but yeah i mean i think you know black panther um it is also- definitely gonna be one that's gonna be tough to beat i think the whole way because it, it was unlike anything that had come before in the mcu and world building wise as well you know we talk about the characters itself but also they did such a great job of building the culture and the world behind wakanda like it is a place that not only seems rich culturally it seems like a place that you would want to go and hang out like it is just a really awesome place we get our introduction to shuri who is a great character really fun really like uh there's a nice levity to her really nice dynamic between her and her brother t'challa so yeah i think that that one that's the choice pick out of this bunch all right and so the runner-up coming out of group d is iron man 3 um you know i i think the original iron man gets a lot of love Iron Man 2 fell off, and so I think people tend to write off Iron Man 3 just because of that. But Iron Man 3 is actually a really interesting movie because it comes after the events of the original Avengers, and it really starts dealing with Tony's PTSD from the Battle of New York and how he almost died saving the world, sending that that missile through the portal and he's dealing with that fallout and it it takes place with him basically kind of going into exile and kind of running away from everything because he he's afraid and he doesn't know what to do and he's worried about what can he do to kind of protect the world when he's not around and we need a better protection system because we have these you know external extraterrestrial threats and I think it's a really interesting look into his psyche and, you know, what does it mean to be a hero? Like, we, we rarely see our heroes impacted by any of these battles. They have yeah. these battles. They're never, like, affected by it in any way. I mean, like, like Paul Rudd, he's just always, like, laughing, walking down the street. Like, even in Quantumania, he's like, yeah, I'm an Avenger. How's it going? Let me go take a photo shoot at Baskin Robbins and stuff like that. Like, it, mm-hmm. never, it never really impacts any of them. So to, to see that impact... I think is really important and it really sets up what's going forward because this is where Tony kind of 
gets in his mind that he has to build Ultron and he has to protect the world. And then, you know, the Sokovia Accords happen. And, like, he starts making a lot of... And then the fallout between he and Captain America. Exactly. Like, he, he thinks he's making the right moves, but... I mean, are they the right moves? Aren't they the right moves? It's it's debatable, but it causes this friction, which then leads up to Infinity War and Endgame. So I think people tend to write off Iron Man 3, but I think it's it's a good movie, and I think it's it's the runner-up here. Shang-Chi is good. I was just going to say, you convinced me, because I actually like Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. But I-, I, but I feel like there's just not enough of a story. That one was just very textbook, MCU, origin story. Hey, we have a character. He's fighting... Uh, the guy that has the same powers as him. There's kind of a CGI fight in the end and we're done. I liked it because it, it was kind of in the fantasy realm in a stronger way, I think than some of the other movies are. And I thought that again, with world building, it was fun, but I do think that, you know, Iron Man three, you you convinced me. I I like how it showed him as, as kind of a tortured character. So I will go with you on that. Yeah. And I I do think, I do still think that, Shang-Chi takes place in some sort of multiverse because there's things just a little bit off in there. And I, I hope Marvel does something like that because it would retroactively make some of these movies better if it's part of the multiversal saga. They go, actually, Shang-Chi wasn't from the Earth we know. He's from some different Earth. And it's like, oh, wow, we need to go back and find these little hints that, that these people weren't kind of in the main uh, universe that we were. All right, so we're halfway through the groups. Let's let's keep it moving. Group E, you have the Avengers, Thor, Love and Thunder, Thor, Ragnarok, and Thor. So this is one you were talking about where there's a lot of Thors. So it's basically three of the four Thors going up against each other and the Avengers. Out of this, I think Thor, Ragnarok is the best Thor. I also think it is better than the original Avengers. Thor Ragnarok just had a comedy to it. Again, it's fresh. It's it's it was a good story. It was a good take on the character, and I think it really had a good bounce back from Thor: The Dark World and really mm-hmm. turned the character of Thor around. Yeah, I was gonna say this is the first time we see Thor is not this like Shakespearean character, which I actually did like. Like I like the original Thor movie, but I think it when compared to like the newer take on Thor, um, the one that's a little bit funnier. I, I like it. I think you don't get the payoff with Ragnarok if you don't have the, you know, Kenneth Branagh style Thor. But it's I do. an interesting take on that. Yeah. yeah. Like, cause I, cause I think that seeing the conversion from the very stiff Thor to this more comedic one is it's a, it's a fun journey to go on. But yeah, I, I love this movie. This is where we get, I think Taika Waititi was, this was where he came in and, and, and handled this movie. And I thought it was just a lot of fun um, and kind of fun to see him pitted up against uh, the Hulk. It's fun to get the introduction of the character Cork. We get also we get Jeff Goldblum in this movie. Can't forget about Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, so it's just it's a very fun off the wall kind of movie, but it it is just very memorable and it stands out. Again, it's it's very different. It felt very fresh and new. And with that, you know, Thor Ragnarok, I think, also beats out the Avengers. So Thor's uh, the winner. Thor Ragnarok is the winner. I got to clarify because there's too yeah, many there's Thor too movies. Many Thors. Uh, and the Avengers is the runner up in Group E here. The Avengers movie, again, in much of the same way, Endgame was kind of this like cinematic event. The original Avengers was as well. This was the first time they've done a crossover, the first time they kind of pulled all these characters together. Uh, and it's still a, a great movie. And so I think that one is above, obviously, the first Thor, but above Love and Thunder as well. 
All right, moving on to Group F, we have Captain America, the second Guardians of the Galaxy, the first Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> and Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. So I know we've been kind of hating on Quantumania so far, but it is obviously the winner in this group. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm I, sorry, Quantumania. Uh, I couldn't you know. even comment on that yeah. one. <laughs> obviously, Quantumania is not, not getting out of Group F. But I think you're between the two Guardians movies, and Guardians of the Galaxy, the original one, I think is the better of one and two. Guard- the Guardians of the Galaxy was one of those interesting ones where they plucked out like this. I think it was a relatively obscure comic oh, book yeah, series. Totally. Yeah. And they took a risk on it and they made these characters very lovable. They did a good job of sort of creating a team where everyone they compliments. Made them interesting. They, yeah, made they them complement interesting. each other well. Um, and But they all have their own kind of unique personality and and ways that they generate comedy from those, the ways those personalities both collaborate and clash. And so that movie for me is definitely the winner of this group because it was just, again, so unique, so funny, um, so fresh. I feel like I just keep saying that, but rotten tomatoes, I guess on the mind. No. Yeah. A hundred percent guardians is the winner here. I'm not as huge a fan as guardians of the galaxy volume two. I think Andrew, I think you like that one pretty well i I, I liked it i I, I just don't think it's as strong and i I don't think it's as crucial to the story it doesn't push the guardians forward we do get mantis in that one which i think is a good addition but i don't think it pushes the story it doesn't develop the characters i feel like as well as the first one does so i feel like i'm gonna make myself sound really old right here to maybe potentially some listeners but i like volume two just like i liked iron man two because we had digital copies of those. And oh, so, so you when, can watch them. when we, when I was at the gym, my only options were to watch the downloaded movies on my phone. So you were or trapped. Watch, or watch the uh, things that were on the TVs and try to tune in. So to you like these movies because you were basically trapped and forced to watch them. So yeah, them I watched them multiple oh, times okay. because that was what we had. I had All to right. watch. I didn't, I couldn't just pull up Netflix and watch whatever I wanted. What a what a world we lived in back in the day. You didn't have Netflix just to watch whatever you want. All right, but but I, I don't think Guardians Two is as strong as Captain Marvel. I actually rewatched Captain Marvel uh, on the flight to Australia. It's a good movie. People I think hate on Captain Marvel and they say she's kind of stiff and not fun. If you rewatch that movie, there's more to her than I think people like gave that movie credit for. I actually thought it. Yeah, tell me. Please. No, I I don't think she was this kind of just like very you know, I think people robotic, try to say, yeah, I robotic think. and uptight, but she's not. I mean, she has like levels to her. She has you know humor. I think it's a good introduction to the character, and it, it is a good story. I mean, you have kind of the origins of like Nick Fury, how he came up in uh, Shield, and how he started the Avengers Initiative. And you kind of you know get this whole story together, and I actually think it's a solid movie. And I think what they're doing in the sequel, they're leaning more into that like lighter side of Carol Danvers, and I, I think that is going to show through more. I think the problem uh, with her was is obviously for most of the movie she doesn't know who she is, she doesn't remember her past, and so I think yeah. that's kind of why she's guarded. It's more it's more or less that she's kind of a fish out of water, and I think that's why she's like that because when she gets back with uh, Rambo she kind of falls back on that old side and they're old friends and you see that different side of her. So I actually think it's, it's a good move. I think it's better than volume two. So that's gonna be the runner up coming out of group F. All right. Group G is Avengers age of Ultron, Captain America, civil war, the original Iron Man and black widow. And for this one, 
the original Iron Man, yeah. it kicked everything off. You have Such to have a it as good a winner. Movie. It, I mean, a movie that, again, they, they kind of took a flyer on. I, I, I don't think, again, Iron Man wasn't like huge, 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 like the most popular but he also it just they made such a fantastic film. Again, you get very um, memorable scenes like the opening scene or one of like the early parts of the scene of them playing the ACDC song uh, back in black and then the um, the convoy getting bombed. I mean, it was just a really good film um and then tony stark learning that they are using his technology against like for bad so i just think it was just a great introduction to the character you get to know tony stark you get to know he's kind of a jerk um it it, it, it and it holds up well yeah and then captain america civil war which is like a pseudo avengers movie is going to be the runner-up here avengers age of ultron is the worst of the Avengers movies. It does impact and it actually kind of leads into Captain America Civil War, but that team up, that's when you first had our heroes fighting each other. Again, I, that that was different where they started to turn and the pieces started falling apart. This group that was kind of loosely held together, yeah. saving the world, now have turned on each other and you kind of have this like family squabble that then plays out and has huge ramifications down the road. That's why, you know, Captain America Civil War is the runner-up coming out of this one. All right, and then our last group here is Group H. You have Wakanda Forever, Spider-Man Far From Home, Ant-Man and the Wasp, and the Eternals. Okay, for this one, I think that the winner coming out of this one is Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Now, I think that some people might disagree with this because I know that the villains weren't particularly strong in this movie, but I do think that we got some really great character development out of this movie. Uh, I First of all, I said after that movie that Angela Bassett should get an award for her acting in that movie. She was so commanding. Every time she was on the screen, didn't matter how many other actors were there, I was staring at her and only her. And I think what added to this was the fact that there was real world tie-in yeah. to it. And and it you kind of very like there was a lot of gravity to it. Yeah, and, and there was a bit of it was very cathartic too. I mean you could yeah. tell that I was I, sobbing. Yeah, and, and I, it was it was cathartic to the audience, and I feel like the cast as well. And so it, it was very emotionally moving, and there was a lot of layers to it. You're right, Angela Bassett did an incredible job. The villain, that part might have been a little bit weak, to your point, but it's still stronger than Ant-Man and the Wasp and the Eternals. You know, And I, and I think Far From Home, I, I mentioned it, I think Far From Home is the, the weakest movie out of the Spider-Man trilogy, and so I think Black Panther Wakanda Forever is a solid uh, second movie in the series. We talked about it after it came out that, you know, is Black Panther kind of the best series in the MCU? Because I think Black Panther Wakanda Forever are the strongest one, two that any of the mm -hmm. trilogies have had versus, again, like Spider-Man. I think Far From Home is a bigger dip. Uh, you know, Iron Man 2 we've talked about. I think Guardians 2. Um, so... I think Wakanda Forever, if that was even the first Black Panther movie, um, I think would have been a, a solid movie. I mean, I think that really Black Panther overall is like the strongest that the MCU has going for right now. Right. And again, like character growth wise, we see a different Shuri. I mean, Letitia Wright, she does such a great job. Her range is incredible. She plays a, a comedic character, the fun little sister. You fall in love with her in the first black panther and then you get her in the second one and she is a haunted woman you believe every second of it and she plays it with such emotion um she's definitely 
she's pretty young. <laughs> she's definitely one to watch because she, you know, she, she just did such a great job. No, definitely. And then, like we kind of talked about with the other ones, you know, Spider-Man Far From Home, even though I think it's it's the weakest of the Spider-Man, I think it's better than Ant-Man and the Wasp <laughs> and definitely the Eternals. So that's going to be our runner-up uh, coming out of Group H here. All right, so now we're getting into the knockout round, um, and we will go through these. And definitely, if you disagree with any of our picks so far, because um, this is obviously a discussion, I think a lot of people could go, no, I think this movie is better than that one and should have come out. You know, definitely uh, would love to hear your feedback over on our Instagram. We're at Enchanted Ears Podcast over there. You can go over to our website, EnchantedEars.com as well. Send us a note. We'd love to hear uh, where you think we went wrong and some of some of your picks. So running through the group of 16. So we have No Way Home versus the Multiverse of Madness. I said it earlier, No Way Home does the multiverse much better. I think it's interesting that these two are up against yeah. each other because it's it's very clear they're both multiversal movies, but, it's, but No it's, Way Home does it so much yeah, better. Yeah, it's way more fun because you get all the Spider-Man in it. Exactly. So No Way Home is moving on. You have Endgame versus Iron Man 3. I think Endgame is going to be tough to beat in this bracket. I feel like yes. a, I'm like a um, sports like commentator analyst here like uh, end game is going to be tough to beat and we're going to the bracket like who's, who's going to win end, this end game came with a really strong cast of characters they passed the ball around very well <laughs> they assembled all of the stones so they're doing good but yeah end game's moving on here all right then we have uh thor ragnarok versus captain marvel um i think this one's kind of close but i think thor ragnarok is the better movie here agreed all right, and then Iron Man and then Spider-Man Far From Home. I think you have to go with Iron Man on this one. Again, it kicked th- everything off. Yeah, just the fact that it, it, it's the original MCU. All right, and then we're moving on. We have Infinity War versus Winter Soldier. I think this one's pretty clear. You have Infinity War. As great as Endgame is, Infinity War sets a lot of that stuff up and is is the next you know best Avengers movie they've and done. The interesting thing about Infinity War, just real quick, is that it was part of a two-part movie basically but it still felt pretty settled in and of itself like you knew that there were going to be further repercussions the story was going to continue but it didn't feel like a cliffhanger ending it wasn't like pirates of the caribbean 2 where you're like well just release the other one right now because this isn't really an ending yeah it wasn't like they filmed one big movie and then just randomly said all right we're gonna cut it here yeah it was it was very definitively very intentional yeah all right, then moving on, we have Black Panther versus Spider-Man Homecoming. Spider-Man Homecoming, we did talk about, hey, you know, kicked off Spider-Man. I think it gave us the, the best version of Spider-Man. But Black Panther is just too strong here for all the reasons you said earlier. Mm. Black Panther, I think, is clearly moving on here. Yep. All right, then we have the original Guardians of the Galaxy versus the first Avengers here. And I and thought I'd have to fight you on this I think one. this might be our upset. So we have the original Guardians of the Galaxy moving on here. Avengers to me felt very much like I needed more. I didn't, we didn't know the characters well enough to really for it to feel like a payoff for me at that point. So I didn't feel like we spent enough time with each of the characters. Whereas with guardians, you have these surprise cast of characters that they really make you care quite deeply about. And I know people disagree with me. I know there are people that don't care at all for the guardian series, but I just, I felt very, um, you know, it, it was just a different type of humor. And I think that all in all, I connected better with all the individual characters and it felt like a more complete film to me than Avengers did. Yeah. Again, it's interesting that those are two movies that are about two groups of people that have kind of yeah. never met each other coming together and mm-hmm. doing something. But I, I'm with you. I think Guardians 
does it a little bit better. I yeah. think I think kind of looking back on it, Guardians does it better than Avengers. All right, and then last uh, match here is uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever versus Captain America Civil War. I think Captain America Civil War kind of ekes out the win here because, again, it, it was interesting seeing the heroes kind of battling each other, the fallout that happens, everything that it kind of sets up, and it really advanced the story and advanced a lot of character development where Black Panther was great. We talked about it. It had an emotional impact. It kind of tied in the real world with the movies, and that added something to it. But I don't feel like you got the same story story the villains, motivation. The yeah. villains weren't as well-rounded. And I feel like you didn't get the same like character development as much in that versus Shuri, for sure, definitely. But, for Shuri? Yeah. But I feel like coming out of Civil War, a lot of characters were changed. And, and there were kind of sides driven, and it really impacted a lot of characters in future movies versus maybe just the one or two that, that Wakanda Forever impacted. Yeah, I'm going to go with you on this one um, just because I do think overarchingly it is the movie that had the more more impact. But personally, I like Wakanda Forever better. Okay. All right, round of eight here. We have No Way Home going against Endgame. I think Endgame, again, is just rolling people. Yeah, I, I just don't think it's so hard to beat Endgame. Exactly. Even though No Way Home is an excellent film, Again, that's another one that in theaters, even though I knew it was going to happen with all the Spider-Man started showing up, I was just like, oh my gosh. And people were having some reactions to it in the theater. I don't remember that as clearly as in Endgame though. So two pretty momentous moments in the theater, but the Endgame's was a lot stronger. And then we have Ragnarok versus Iron Man. I think the original Iron Man's run ends here. Ragnarok moves on. Yeah, I agree. Just hilarious. Great movie. Great development for Thor. I think that Thor is probably one of the strongest Avengers. I mean, both physically and also just He in would general. tell you he is. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, I mean, Iron Man was great, but it, it was also their first movie. So yeah. Ragnarok is are moving on here. Then we have Infinity War versus Black Panther. I think this one's tight. I think this one's going to penalty kicks because <laughs> I think these are both great movies and... I think depending on the day, I could probably pick one or the other. Um, so I think this one's going to the end. So I think need a uh, tiebreaker. So I think we just flip a coin here and just see who wins. I think that's going to be our version of penalty kicks here is we flip a coin to see who wins. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of penalty kicks after, you know, some of the games and what happened. All right, so I got we have our Halcyon Star Cruiser. It's a very large coin. Yes. So we'll go, uh, we'll go Infinity War is heads. That's the Halcyon name uh and black panther is tails that is the the picture of the ship so we'll flip the coin here and it is tails so black panther moves on in penalty kicks it's gonna get tough here i mean the, all of these movies are really really good and that's it like is. the first one where you have like two excellent movies up against each other but black panther's moving on there then we have guardians of the galaxy and then captain america civil war I don't know. I think Guardians may continue the Cinderella run here. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think that they're the team that everyone underestimated. You know, they were the team that just kind of came a from separate. Cinderella story. Yep, they came from separate parts of the universe, and they really banded together and just were able to just knock out some real heavy hitters here. It was an interesting game. Half the crowd was chanting, "I am Groot! I am Groot!" Uh, <laughs> so it was a lot of fun. The but, wave started. Yeah. Yeah. 
But uh, but Guardians of the Galaxy is moving on. All right, so we're in the semifinals here. So we will start with Endgame versus Thor Ragnarok. Again, these are tough. These are great movies. You do not want to see anyone lose. You know what's interesting about this one? So in the past, I've picked Ragnarok to beat out Endgame. But I'm going to change my mind here because it is very interesting. I did not have to look up the plot for Endgame at all. I do have to look up the plot for Ragnarok. And so for me, if a movie, even though it is great, is... Um, it starts fading from yeah, your memory Yeah, if it a starts bit. to fade from your memory and you forget why you love it so much, then maybe it's a little bit less impactful than the movie that you have clear memories. And I don't remember stuff for anything, um, but clear memories from... What's I, my name? Chris, right? Oh my gosh, what's <laughs> happening? <laughs> I mean, we've been married for 20 years. I know that that's... 20? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, no. The wheels are falling off. But, but what you were saying, going back to what you are saying, sorry to mean to sidetrack you there. You're probably going to forget what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, we're talking about the new Barbie movie, right? Bar- yeah, this is a Barbie podcast. <laughs> Barbie I, fan cast. I am Knuff. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, but Endgame, it, it sticks in your mind. Absolutely. So yeah, so Endgame is moving on to the finals. And then Black Panther versus Guardians of the Galaxy... The Cinderella run is over. They ran into some vibranium and just could not move forward. All the all the I am Groots in the world weren't going to get them past Black Panther. And so in the finals, we have Endgame versus Black Panther, which again, two great see, movies. It's so hard to see this. I see. Okay, here's here's where I here's where I come in. Again, Endgame is it's it's the hero we were both waiting for, looking for, and wanting. It really and was though. It really was though. Black Panther is in Endgame, so it's not like Black Panther, you know, loses. Everybody's in Endgame. Everybody wins. Everybody's in Endgame. Yeah. You're right. Endgame, and we we've talked about it a lot this episode, but it really was a cultural moment. It really was something that you've never seen. I mean, the portal scene. You've never seen anything like that in cinematic history before. Like like being there, it was something you had to go to in the movie theater. It was something people loved so much they went back again because you had to experience it. There's a lot of movies now that come out and I go, I can watch them on streaming. I don't need to see it in a movie theater. Yeah. Like, yeah, would it look cool seeing it on a big screen? Sure. But there's there's not much coming out now. And I think that's why you see a lot of stuff at the box office not doing well. You kind of joked about Barbie, but I think Barbie is one of the most recent examples of this where it's it a became, cultural thing. It became a thing of everybody has to, we're all going to go see Barbie. We're all going to dress up in pink. It became a thing. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's doing so well at the movie theaters, I think, because of that. And Endgame was like that. It's like, we have to go. We have to be there opening weekend because we can't have any spoilers. We have to see how it ends. And it was so electric and everybody, it it hit on every note you wanted. It was a three-hour movie that felt like it went by. Quick. In in a snap. Might be too (laughs) soon. Might be too soon. But it felt like it went by in a snap. And yeah, I... I think Marvel is kind of in Endgame's shadow. And I think that's part of their problems where people are saying, hey, 
the MCU is going downhill. You can't go up from Endgame, people. Like yeah. you got to go downhill. I they understand. have to go way down. Maybe that's what they're trying to do. They're going so way they're down. They're trying to hit rock bottom. So that they can just be like, remember, Endgame was so long ago. You've forgotten about yeah. that. We're going to try to do that again, though. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to try to turn that around. But yeah, I mean, you're you're naturally going to fall from that. Every movie's not going to make $3 billion. Every movie's not going to be that good creatively. You can't 3P with a World Cup vic- victory. <laughs> oh, no, you can't. <laughs> too um, soon. Too soon. So you're I'm going to too soon myself. So you're... Uh, so you're gonna have some you're gonna have a dip there but yeah endgame uh just spectacular though again black panther spectacular it was a cultural phenomenon as well it was something very different and a lot of people felt like they had to go they had to experience it you Mm -hmm. wanted to be in that group setting you wanted to be in a movie theater and see it and that's why it did very well uh in the movie theaters as well I think Endgame's just a little bit stronger. I think this one you could definitely have a good debate on. I think there's a lot of people yeah. that would say no Black Panther over Endgame. I think there's a lot of people that would say Endgame over Black Panther. But I really think at the end of the day, you can't go wrong with either of them. We're just happen to go Endgame. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that wraps up our MCU World Cup bracket. And congratulations again to the winner of the Women's World Cup. Spain. You did good. <laughs> you did good. Great kicking. Yeah so want to thank everybody again for listening this week if you've not done so please leave us a rating or a review subscribe wherever you get your podcast it really helps and we really appreciate it thanks for letting us your ears have a great week everybody and we'll see you here next monday bye-bye